Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. Well, are you ready for God's word? We've been looking at the scope of of a shift. Now today I want us to go deeper and look at a supernatural shift. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 from verse 1. We are looking at a supernatural shift. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me, and we scattered Mount Seir for many days. Verse 2. And the Lord spoke to me. This is Moses speaking, saying, you have scattered this mountain long enough. Turn northward. You have been on this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name. We open up ourselves to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you speak to us today. Use me as your mouthpiece to declare your oracles. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, you will agree with me that we live in a world that is influenced by so many forces. We live in a world that seems to be under siege from different forces that are afflicting it. For example, we have the force of gravity, which states that everything that goes up must do what? Must come down. Then we have the law of physics. We have different laws that we learned in physics. By the way, physics, the subject physics was my favorite subject in school. Because it made everything make a lot of sense. Yeah, mathematics is still not making a lot of sense to me up to today. Because they tell you X plus Y is Z. Find Y. Ask your neighbor, honestly speaking, how will you find why? <laughs> so we have the laws of physics. And the laws of physics determine so many things that we see in the world today. Velocity, motion, mass, momentum. All these things are governed by Laws And these laws are in the world and they are influencing the world. They are influencing our lives. Then we have invisible forces. We are talking about demons, evil spirits, you know. Then we have natural forces, like natural occurrences, things that are beyond our control, like earthquakes. The other day we had a very bad earthquake in Morocco. It happened while people were asleep. Some of them woke up and realized that they were dead. It's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Floods. These are things we don't expect, but they're there. And when they happen, they influence our lives. There was a major flood in Libya. And a lot of people have been killed. And thousands have been killed. These are forces in the world. 
Let me just talk a little bit about the invisible forces. We have invisible forces. You can't see them with your naked eye, but they're there. The demons are in the world. They are operating in the world. Evil spirits are in the world. And they are not very kind to human beings. They are the cause of the many, many issues that we see in the world today. Sicknesses, diseases, stagnation, poverty, and stuff like that. All these are different forces that are influencing the way we live. Influencing, you know, the way we interact with each other. Influencing so many things that have to do with human beings. I remember I was flying from Delaware to Vegas. That is from East Coast to West Coast. You'll be there in Jesus' name. And it's quite a distance. And so I had a layover at Cleveland. And in Cleveland, I was supposed to take my flight from 7. 7, 7, uh, from 7, actually at 7. I was supposed to take my second flight at 7. And so I go to Cleveland. I had like one hour and a few minutes as a layover. And so when I went to the terminal to board the plane, I was told that the plane will delay. So the plane delayed. And we were given another time. That was 8.40. So 8.40 reached. I went, I went somewhere else in a restaurant. I had my dinner and then came back. When I got there, I was told the plane has delayed again. It will take off at 9.40. So we waited. When it got to 9.40, when we were about to board, we were told, now we can't board. So we started asking questions. What is going on? Then we were told there was a storm on our path to Vegas. And so they cannot allow the plane um, to fly. When I heard that, I told them, please, take your time. I am not in a hurry. Because you don't want to get up there and you are told now, we cannot even go down. So we waited until the storm was over. And the storm in America is something else. They have what we call typhoons. Those are serious winds. A wind travels at 200 plus miles per hour. That is, that is high speed. So we waited. By the time we were leaving Cleveland, it was around 11.40, going to midnight. By the time we landed in Las Vegas, you know, Vegas is like a desert. The place was flooded. The roads were flooded with water. So that was a serious, serious storm. So the world is influenced with a lot of, you know, forces. You know, I was just imagining if an earthquake was to take place at Pipeline. Hmm? Tell me what will happen. It will be a disaster, isn't it? So, because we have all these forces that are plaguing our world today, there is something else that we need that can be able to help us, you know, to mitigate or even to override some of these forces that are working against us. We need something extra. We need something supernatural. Somebody shout supernatural. We need a supernatural shift, a supernatural force 
you know, that can help us to override, overpower, or overcome some of these forces that we see at work in our world today. And so a supernatural shift, ladies and gentlemen, is a shift that overrides invisible forces that are against us. It is an invisible force that overrides forces that keep us in stagnation, frustration, and ultimately hinder our elevation. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, the text that we have read, the Lord said to the children of Israel, you have scattered this mountain long enough. You have been in the same spot for a long time. God had watched them move along around the border of the promise in the wilderness for many years. He watched how they went in circles around the same mountain for 40 years and they were at the mercy of the forces that we see in the world today. In, in fact, I want you to know that they were in the wilderness. And the wilderness has very harsh conditions. It's very cold at night. And it is very hot during the day. Nothing grows in the wilderness. So you can imagine what the children of Israel were subjected to for 40 years. And God said, no, it is time for you to get out of that spot. It is time for you to shift to the next level. It is time for my children to come out of this uh, cycle of going around the same mountain for such a long time and move towards the promise that I have prescribed for them. So God gave them the strategy. He said, I want you to turn north. He gave them a strategy that was going to trigger a supernatural shift in their lives towards the realization of the promise he had given unto them. In other words, God said, enough is enough. Look at a neighbor and tell them, I feel like God is telling me enough is enough. Do you believe that? Oh yes, God, God was communicating these words to these children of his. He was telling them, enough is enough. You've gone around the same mountain for many years. It is time for you to shift to the next level. Hallelujah. As I continue preaching, I need to let somebody know who has been going through the same, same stuff for years. You've gone around the same mountain for years. Before this service is over, God is going to release a strategy in your life that will trigger a supernatural shift in your life that will shift you to the next level in the name of Jesus. Are you ready for a supernatural shift in your life? A shift that will override some forces that have been acting against you, stopping your progress, hindering your elevation, frustrating you in one way or another. To, to today, I prophesy over your life that God will release a strategy. He will release a word. He will give you direction that will trigger a supernatural shift that will move you closer to your promise. Can I hear a louder? Amen. Slap your neighbor and tell them it is time for a supernatural shift. 
Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19, the Bible says, Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. God is telling someone this morning that he wants to do a new thing. This is the year 2023. God is still doing new things. He wants to release a strategy that will activate a supernatural shift in your life to move you forward, to move you closer to your promise. He will do a new thing. He will do a new thing in your life. Who am I preaching to in this house? He will do a new thing in your family. He will do a new thing in your business. I say he will do a new thing for your house that you may do you may move closer to your promise in the name of Jesus. He will do something that you have never seen before. He will do something that you have never experienced before. He will perform a miracle that you've never seen before in your life. He will open a door that you have never seen before in your life. He will release a breakthrough that you have never experienced before. I'm prophesying already to somebody in this house. He will perform wonders that you have never experienced before. He will release a financial miracle in your life that you have never experienced before. Oh, get ready for a supernatural shift that God is about to release in your life that will make you come out of your wilderness in the name of Jesus. You've gone around that mountain for 40 years, but thank God for a supernatural shift that is coming your way in Jesus' name. Slap your neighbor and tell them, I'm coming out of my wilderness. I'm coming out of a dry place. I'm coming out of a difficult situation. I'm coming out of a difficult circumstance. I've been in this area, in this place, in this house, in this situation for 40 years. But today I came into the house of God and I feel a stirring in my spirit that a supernatural shift is about to take place in my life that will push me closer to the promise. If you believe it, shout a louder, Amen. Shout a Holy Ghost, Amen. I prophesy a supernatural shift over your life, a supernatural shift over your house, a supernatural shift over your finances, a supernatural shift over your children. You are moving closer to the promise, the promise that God has for you in the name of Jesus. May God do a new thing. May God perform a new thing in your life in Jesus' name. Can we give him praise in advance for a new thing behold I will do a new thing in your life sit down it's a new thing I say it's a new thing tell your neighbor get ready for a new me oh my goodness that's a word for somebody in this house look at somebody else who believes in what you're saying tell them get ready for a new me a new me, a new me. I prophesy a new you in the name of Jesus. I say I prophesy a new you in the name of Jesus. My goodness, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has ordained for those who love him. Get ready for a new you. What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, get ready for a new you. Behold, I will do a new thing. That's what God is saying. 
It's a supernatural shift in your life. Amen. Please be seated. I'm preaching before I start. So what triggers a supernatural shift? Number one. So what will trigger this supernatural shift in our lives? Number one, it is prayer. Somebody say prayer. Prayer will trigger a supernatural shift in our lives. You see, when prayer is engaged properly, a supernatural shift occurs. The sad story of the church today is that many Christians don't pray as they ought to. They pray, but they don't pray as they ought to. Prayer is not a lifestyle. Prayer is not something that we really look forward to doing. Prayer is not something that we desire doing. In fact, many believers treat prayer like a fire truck. You know what a fire truck is? You only see it when there is fire. True or not true? That's why when you're driving and you see a fire truck, you start asking yourself, where is fire? Because you only see a fire truck when there is, there is fire. And many people have turned prayer into a fire truck. They only pray when they're in a crisis. They only pray when they are facing problems in their lives. When demons show up, that's when they pray. When things are not working in their lives, that's when they pray. When circumstances are not favorable in their lives, that's when they pray. But we need to make prayer a lifestyle. Because it is a lifestyle of prayer that triggers a supernatural shift in our lives. You can tweet that. It is a lifestyle of prayer that triggers a supernatural shift in our lives. When you look at Daniel, Daniel was a prayerful man. And there is a time that he was surrounded by enemies who wanted to trap him. They wanted to destroy him because he was a godly man and because he loved praying. And so they looked for an opportunity that they could trap him so that he could be arrested. But the Bible says, and they wanted to trap him in the area of prayer. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, that now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. So he didn't pray that day because there was a crisis. This is what he was used to. Even when there was no crisis in his life, he was prayerful. And when there was a crisis at this particular point in his life, he still went into a place of prayer to do what? To pray. So that means that prayer was his lifestyle. He prayed in good times, but he also prayed in bad times. He prayed when there was peace, but also he prayed in turbulent times. He prayed when everything was okay, but he also prayed when he was in trouble. In Genesis chapter 32, it gives us the story of a man called Jacob. The Bible says he wrestled with the angel the whole night. That is prayer. Because he wanted a supernatural shift in his life. He couldn't let the angel go. And he wrestled with this angel with all his might, grabbed the angel, 
prayed the whole night because he needed a supernatural lift to take place in his life. He was tired of his life. He was tired of what people were calling him. They were calling him a cheat. They were calling him a supplanter. They were calling him a conman. His name meant one who cons people. And you can see that in his life, he kept on conning people. He even conned his father-in-law. That's how serious the anointing of, of cheating was in the life of Jacob. And he gets into a place of prayer and begins to wrestle with an angel. He wrestled with an angel the whole night until his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Israel simply means one who wrestles with God. It also means from the King James translation of the Bible, it means, uh, it, it means a prince. Not a cheat, but a prince. He wrestled until his name was changed. He prayed until his name was changed. He prayed until he experienced a supernatural shift in his life. Hallelujah. When you pray, something happens. When you pray, a supernatural shift takes place in your life. Hallelujah. That's why we meet to pray every Tuesday. We are praying because we want a supernatural shift to take place in our lives. I prophesy that as you continue praying, your name will be changed in Jesus' name. That a man is weak. I prophesy as you continue seeking the face of God that your name will be changed in Jesus' name. I say your name will be changed in Jesus' name. There's another guy by the name Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says he was born out of pain. The mother called him Jabez because he bore him in sorrow. And so he wanted a supernatural shift. And so what did he do? He went to a place of prayer and he prayed to God. He was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez because I bore him in pain. And he started praying. He went to a place of prayer and he started praying praying and he prayed for four things number one he prayed for blessings he says oh that you will bless me indeed oh that you will bless me indeed secondly he prayed for enlargement he said enlarge my territory he's asking God to do something about his territory number four he prayed for favor he said oh God that your hand will be with me I want your hand to be with me when the hand of God is with you it simply means that you are favored everywhere you go you enjoy favor and then he prayed for protection he says that God will keep me from evil and what that the Bible says the Bible says and God granted him what he requested what is that that is a shift a shift from somebody who was reminding his mother of pain all of a sudden he became an embodiment of blessings he became an embodiment of enlargement. He became an embodiment of favor. And he started enjoying protection. I prophesy as you enter into a place of prayer, may you encounter blessings. Oh my goodness, am I preaching in the right church this morning? As you enter into a place of prayer, may you encounter blessings. May a supernatural shift take place in your life that will trigger blessings, that will trigger enlargement, that will trigger favor, that will trigger protection over your life. If you believe it, shout a louder, Amen. 
I prophesy next time you pray, may you see blessings in your life. Next time you pray, may you see enlargement in your life. Next time you pray, may you see favor in your life. Next time you pray, may you enjoy protection in your life. If you believe it, shout yes. Give somebody a high five and tell them, I feel a supernatural shift taking place in my life even as I pray. Sit down. Luke chapter 9 and verse 29. The Bible says, and Jesus prayed. Jesus went into a place of prayer. And when he prayed, something happened. The Bible says the appearance of his face was changed. The appearance of his face was altered. And his robe became white and glistening. Something happened in the life of Jesus when he went into a place of prayer. When you go to a place of prayer, there will be a supernatural shift. Your, your outlook will change. It will be a new you. Hallelujah. You'll be covered with glory. You'll be covered with beauty. You begin to shine with the glory of God. Am I preaching to the right crowd in this house this morning? I pray and I prophesy over your life. Next time you step into a place of prayer, may your countenance be changed. May your countenance be altered. May God clothe you with beauty. May God clothe you with sweetness. May God clothe you with pleasantry. Shout a louder amen in this house. May something about you be shifted to the next level when you step into a place of prayer. So number one, for you to trigger a supernatural shift, you must pray. Number two, for you to trigger a supernatural shift, you must fast. That one doesn't have a lot of support. Tell your neighbor you must fast. Tell them fasting triggers a supernatural shift in your life. When we were in that prayer mountain, we had countless testimonies of people who have encountered a supernatural shift because of prayer and fasting. I am a chairman of a prayer mountain that my mother-in-law left me to run in a place called Likuyani. And there are countless testimonies of people who have gone to that prayer mountain to pray and to fast. Some have gone there for 40 days, prayer and fasting, just drinking water. Some have gone for 10 days, some have gone to for 21 days, and they come out of that place with testimonies. A supernatural shift, you know, has taken place in their lives. They come out of that place with great, great testimonies. When you fast, you position yourself for a supernatural shift in your life. How many here you want a supernatural shift in your life? I do. You must fast. You've been feasting for too long. Now it's time for you to fast. Can I get an amen? amen. You have been feasting until your kidneys are tired. They look like the kidneys of a 90 year old because you never give them rest. Your liver is screaming for a holiday. Your intestines are saying, this man does not rest. We are working 24 hours. We are working during the day. We are working during the night. Everybody has gone to sleep except us. We are working. It is time for you to fast and give your internal organs a break. <laughs> 
Am I talking to somebody here? Because when you give your organs a break, what happens is your spirit man becomes alive to God. Your spirit man becomes sensitive to God. And when your spirit man becomes sensitive to God, you start hearing divine instructions from God. You start hearing the voice of God. Some of you, God is even literally shouting, but you can't hear him because your belly is, almost, is always full. You are run and dictated by your belly. Your belly is your master. Your belly is your driver. Your belly is the one driving you. So you are a prisoner of your belly. The Bible says there are people who their belly is their God. So the bigger the belly. <laughs> huh? Ladies are saying, oh pastor, it's baby fat. I don't care. The bigger the belly. <laughs> that shows you who your God is. And so it's time for us to fast. So that we allow the spirit man to hear the voice of God. Because God is speaking to us every now and then. God is giving us strategies. Somebody say strategies. But because the belly is so loud in our lives, we can't hear the voice of God. I recommend fasting. I say I recommend fasting. Even if you don't say amen, I'll still preach it anyway. I recommend fasting. Because when you fast, the spirit man becomes alive, becomes sensitive to the voice of God. And when God begins to speak to you, he will lead you to places where you will experience a supernatural shift in your life. Amen. But is fasting easy? No. It's hard. It's difficult. I'm telling you, when you fast, even the things you don't like eating, they become very palatable and very attractive. I'm telling you, I don't love Gideri, but when I fast, Gideri is a temptation to me. Yeah, Gideri is not something that I, I, I really look forward to eating. Because I ate Gideri in high school and I said it is enough. I ate too much Gideri in high school. And the maize was very hard. And the beans were infested by weevils. So even when I talk about Gideri, I feel goosebumps. I'm traumatized, ladies and gentlemen. So it's not something that I look forward to. I'll not miss it. I don't miss it. Even if I stay for the rest of my life without In fact, Gideri should be banned in the world. <laughs> there are people who are not happy with what I'm saying. Because when they think about Gideri, they become emotional. Such a strong attachment to Gideri. But when you fast, the things you detest, the food you detest, when you look at it, it's very attractive to you. Because the belly is telling you anything you can put in here, I will appreciate. Isn't it? So it's not easy, but we have to do it. We have to do it because fasting is the lowest form of discipline. If you can't fast, you can't say no to fornication. Oh, yes. Because the, 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 the appetite for fornication is stronger than the appetite for Gideri. You're very quiet in here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Am I preaching in this house? Oh yes. 
If you don't say no to food, you can't say no to stealing. You can't say no to stealing. You can't say no to some of the things that God is telling you not to do. All right? So we must fa- tell your neighbor, you, you have to fa- In fact, look at your neighbor and tell them, you, you, you need to fast for 21 days. <laughs> we need to fast. We need to say no to food so that we may experience a supernatural shift in our lives. Amen. There's a gentleman by the name Saul. He experienced a supernatural shift through fasting. He was a persecutor of the church. He fought believers. Prior to his conversion, he was going to Damascus to go and arrest believers, put them in prison and make sure that they don't preach Jesus. He was really against the spread and growth of Christianity in his days. But on his way to Damascus, Jesus and Jesus arrested him. He encountered Jesus. And Jesus knocked him from his donkey. And he was hit by a light. And the Bible says he became blind. When he was on the floor there and he stood up, he opened up his eyes, but his eyes, but he could not see. He had become blind. He was then led to the house of a man called Judas, a place where, you know, he fasted for three days. He never ate nor drank. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. I want us to pick up the story from there. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. The guy fasted by force. You know, this one, he was not prepared. Thank God I'm preparing you for fasting. But this guy was not prepared for fasting. You know, he was just forced into fasting and he fasted for three, for three days. He neither ate nor drank anything. Can you, can you start from verse 9? We see what it says. And the Bible says, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, give me. And he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drunk so this was even dry fast three days didn't drink anything didn't eat anything and he was blind he could not see when i was reading this scripture it's like i felt like maybe people who are blind they find it easy to fast because many of us our problem is what we see you are fasting then you see a billboard with pizza and problems begin from there, isn't it? Buy one, get two free. <laughs> so the guy was blind, couldn't see, and he fasted three days, three nights. Verse 10, what happened? He's fasting. He's fasting. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. Verse 11. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Go there. There's a guy there praying. And he's fasting as well. Now God is communicating with a prophet of his. And telling, and he's telling him, I want you to go. Go where? Go to where Saul is. This man is praying. This man is blind. This man is fasting. He has not eaten for three days. If you don't go, this man will die. So you can see that the fasting supernaturally, you know, caused a man of God to hear the voice of God and begin to receive instructions from God for his sake, because him he didn't know what to do. 
He has met Jesus. Jesus has struck him with blindness and given him direction. In fact, the guys that he he was with are the ones who led him because he didn't even know where he was going. Then verse 12, what happened? He's fasting and God is working. He's fasting and God is working. When you fast, God works. And in a vision, look, God is even telling Ananias that while Saul was praying, fasting, he had a vision. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. So in his vision while praying and fasting, he saw Ananias. So you don't need eyes to see. You need fasting to see. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, only two people have gotten what I'm preaching this morning. You don't, know, you don't need physical eyes to see. When you fast, God will give you supernatural eyesight. He saw Ananias in a vision. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Ananias is not there. He cannot see. He has never even met Ananias. But while he was praying, while he was fasting, God gave him a sup- God gave him God gave him supernatural insight. And he could be able to see Ananias. And he saw what Ananias was coming to do to him. He was coming to lay hands on him and praying for him so that he may receive his sight. So you see, when you fast, God begins to reveal to you things that are going to work in your favor. I, I, I lost it. Let me, let me try this side. When you fast, God will reveal to you things that are going to work in your favor. They're still not getting. Let me try the worship team. When you fast, God is going to reveal to you people and things that are going to work in your favor. I prophesy as we enter into a season of prayer and fasting that the people who are meant to come into your life, things which are meant to come into your life, blessings that are meant to come into your life, to activate a supernatural shift in your life, they will not escape your life in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout aloud, yes, in this house. Your Ananias will come your way. Your blessing will come your way. Your increase will come your way. Your miracle will come your way. Your breakthrough will come your way. Shout a louder yes in this house. He saw it in a vision. Yet he was blind. He saw Ananias. He saw what Ananias was coming to do. To lay hands on him that he may do what? He may receive his sight. Sit down, we finish the verse and then we close the service. Verse 13. I'll give you the rest of the points this coming Sunday. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man. You see, Ananias is not fasting. So he's a little bit in the flesh. You understand what I'm talking about? Because when God speaks to you, he knows more than you. So Ananias is trying to educate God. And he's telling God, God, when you do not know this man, this is a wicked man. This is a man who has been killing people. But because he was not fasting, he was not in the spirit to understand. He didn't even know that Jesus had already met the man that is accusing before God. And that man had even repented. That man even asked God, what can I do? He was humble. He was even asking God, who are you? You are saying I'm persecuting you. Who are you? 
And Jesus has already revealed himself to him. You see, when you don't fast, you are so much in the flesh that God can be talking to you and you even bind him. It's true. You can be in prayer. God is talking to you to do something. You bind God. Huh? This last week when we were in the conference, Bishop Doug was giving us a story of a prophet who was in the church and he looked, he came with prophecies. He called one person and he prophesied and said, the Lord is saying, you will go to this beautiful country, one of the European countries, and you are going to do well there. You're going to do ministry there. And that brother said, I receive it. He went to another and said, you, God is sending you to this other beautiful European country, developed country, and you will do well. And he said, I receive it. Then he turned to another and he said, and you, God is sending you to Togo. The guy said, God forbid. <laughs> Return to sender. I reject that prophecy in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you see, when you are not in the spirit, you will even reject the voice of God. And this is what we see Ananias doing. God is telling him, this is myself. I've chosen this guy. I want to use this guy. I have him where I wanted. I have humbled him already. He is blind. He has come down. He's not the proud soul who was walking around, you know, arresting Christians and putting them in prison. I have already humbled him. And Ananias, because he's too much in the flesh, He's trying to correct God. Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Verse 14. Look at what God says. And here, here, sorry, look at what Ananias says. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, go. Look at that. He told him, look, go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, before kings, and the children of Israel. And this is very critical because this is what exactly Paul did. This was his life's mission to go to the Gentiles. It is because of Paul that you and I are seated here. It's because of Paul that we have been accepted because he got a revelation that Jesus did not just die for the Jews. Jesus died for the Gentiles. I have chosen him to bear my name before Gentiles, before kings. Paul appeared before kings and the children of Israel. He went to the Jews. They rejected him. That's where he started from. They rejected him and then he turned his attention to the Gentiles. Next verse. Tell your neighbor, we must fast. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Hey. You see, God has corrected his mentality now. Now he's not thinking in the flesh. He's thinking in the spirit. He even calls Saul brother. 
He has accepted. After God corrected him, he accepted. And he called him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is what fasting does. Opens you up to greater possibilities. Verse 18. Immediately, immediately, there fell from his eyes something like what? Like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he arose. And he was baptized. What triggered all these occurrences, supernatural occurrences, is fasting. Paul fasted. Saul fasted. He was in a place, he was in a place of fasting. Three days, neither ate, neither drank, stayed there waiting upon the law, and God had to send somebody to come, prayed for him. Scales fell from his eyes, and he began to see. As we enter into this season of fasting, tell your neighbor, it's around the corner. I know some of you started doing your calculations. Oh, these two weeks, my friend, I'm going to eat. <laughs> I'm going to eat. Eat a lot of food so I can survive the fasting. Stop thinking about food. Start preparing yourself for fasting. I pray that as we fast, scales will fall off your eyes. Oh, that yes is weak. I say scales will fall off your eyes. I say scales will fall off your eyes. And what you couldn't see, you will start seeing it in the name of Jesus. Your blindness will be removed and the light will shine in your life. To bring guidance, to bring direction, to bring leadings in your life that will propel you to your promise in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. I prophesy every form of blindness in your life. May it be removed by the power of fasting. I prophesy every form of dilemma, confusion, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing who to connect with, not knowing who to partner with. I prophesy as you fast that scales will fall off your eyes. Things will be clear. Things will be clear. The decision you're about to make will be clear. The move you're about to make will be clear. Hallelujah. Shout a louder amen in this house. May scales fall off your eyes as you spend time in the presence of the almighty God. Saul experienced a supernatural shift from blindness to seeing. You know, I was studying blindness and I realized that when you become blind, there is no cure. You need divine intervention for you to see. They have tried every possible scientific intervention to save blind people. It needs a miracle. So for somebody to be blind, then after three days they're able to see again. That's a miracle. And remember, the Bible says he was not blind because he closed his eyes. God did not close his eyes. When you read that story, the Bible says when he stood up, he opened his eyes, but he could not be able to see. There are many blind people around us, isn't it? And some of them have eyes. Isn't it? The eyes have popped out of the eye socket, but they can't see. 
the first time I met this very famous musician in our country who is blind, I could see that her eyes were open, but she could not see. When it comes to sight, it's a gift for, from God. You can have eyes, but never see. You can open them so wide. It's like being in darkness where there is no light. You can open your eyes, but will you see anything? You can't see anything. This was a miracle. This was a supernatural shift. Anything that is impossible in your life, I prophesy, through the power of fasting, may it become possible in Jesus' name. Are you shouting a loud amen in this house? I say anything that is impossible, anything that is difficult, anything that is an enigma in your life, through the power of fasting, may it be resolved in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. I want us to stand and stretch our hands to the Lord. For a minute, I want you to pray. Pray for a supernatural shift in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Pray, 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 pray. Everybody, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. I want you to be serious for the next five, five minutes. Lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. Lift up your voice in prayer. Pray for a supernatural shift in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Don't be quiet. Everybody, raise up your voice right now and begin to pray for a supernatural shift in your life in the name of Jesus. Pray, 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 pray. Right now in the name of Jesus. Even as we get ready to fast, pray for a supernatural shift. What is impossible? What is difficult? What cannot be resolved? What the doctors have said is impossible. Begin to pray right now. God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. Pray right now. Pray for a supernatural shift. Pray for a move of God in your life. Pray for a change in your house. Pray for a change in your body, in your mind. Pray for a change, a change in your finances, a supernatural shift in your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Declare it. Proclaim it. Speak it. Say it right now. May it shift. May it shift. May it shift. May it shift. Let there be a shift. Let there be a shift. Let there be a supernatural shift. A supernatural shift. A supernatural shift. A supernatural shift in your home, in your house, in your business, in your life. A supernatural shift in your life right now. May you not leave this service the same way you came. Let there be a shift. Let there be a shift. Let there be a shift. Let there be a shift right now. You are Everybody lift up your hands to the Lord. Engage supernatural power. Engage supernatural power in your circumstance, in your situation, in your life, in your house, in your family. Engage a supernatural power for a supernatural shift in your life today in the name of Jesus. Let there be change. Let there be change. Let there be change. Let scales fall off. Let scales fall off from your life as they fell off from the eyes of soul. Let every scale, let every hindrance, let every obstacle, let every hurdle dissolve as you pray. As you pray. 
Lift your voice and pray. You have two more minutes. You have two more minutes. The blindness has to cease. The blindness has to cease. The feebleness has to cease. The weakness has to cease. The disease has to be healed. The power of darkness has to be defeated. Evil forces must be defeated. Right now, in the name of Jesus, your lifting must take place. Your elevation must take place. Your progress must take place. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To remove every scale. From your eyes. To resolve any difficult situation in your life. To resolve any difficult situation in your house. Receive the power. Receive supernatural power to trigger a supernatural shift in your life right now. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Throw your hands up and receive that power. Let every chain be broken. Let the scales fall off your eyes right now. Let the scales fall off your life right now. Let the light of God shine through your darkness. Oh yes, his name is healing. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is power. I feel the power of God here. His name is power. Let that power break every chain. Let that power resolve every enigma. Let that power turn your life around today. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. 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 In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray from the pulpit to every pew. May your power flow. As your people pray, as your people fast, may they experience the supernatural, supernatural shift. Father, this week, may they have supernatural encounters, supernatural shift in various aspects of their lives. Let something spectacular happen to their finances. Let something supernatural take place in their house. Let something supernatural take place in their business. Let something supernatural take place in their life, in their bodies. In the name of Jesus. Father, we decree it and we declare it. In Jesus' name we pray. We all shout a big amen. Clap your hands and praise God in advance for doing it. Come on, praise him like you believe that he has done it. Praise him like you believe it is already done. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.